Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and also on Double Twist for Android phones and such. Stitcher's on both. Apple is, of course, iTunes. You all know that already. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it happened. The Minnesota Vikings are NFC North Division Champions in 2015. It happened. Now, are you happy or are you scared at the same time because of the matchup coming up? Yeah, we'll talk about the playoffs. It's going to be a nice playoff palooza coming into episode, or excuse me, <laughs> section, section, segment, whatever you want to call it, number two. Of course, fan interaction is segment number three. Lots of lots of comments on there. It's going to be fun. We got a phone call from Brent. Maybe another one's going to pop up between now and then. Not sure. But segment number one is what it is. It is a review of the NFC North Championship game for 2015 in 2016. I hope all of you had a wonderful New Year's and everything. I'm not a huge fan of New Year's, but of course New Year's Day I think is better because it's more chill, where New Year's Eve is hustle, bustle, all that crap. Not a fan of hustle and bustle unless it's on a basketball court or football field or whatever. You get the idea. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the game itself. Minnesota wins 20-13. to The score doesn't reflect what a back-and-forth messy out-of-control game this ended up being. Um, the first quarter was kind of similar to the New York Giants one last week, but actually it was higher scoring for the most part. <laughs> oh, boy. It was a lot of punting and such incomplete passes, pass rush, sacks, this and that, kind of on both sides. Vikings and Packers wind up uh, with a 3-3 three to three tie at the end of the quarter. The Vikings seemingly had to work a hell of a lot harder for their 39-yard field goal from Blair Wallace than Mason Crosby had to for his 28-yarder because the Packers seemed like they were slicing through the Vikings' defense on that drive late in the first quarter, but luckily they just could not get the job done. The Vikings' pass rush took over and was able to stop the Packers finally. Uh, I was getting really frustrated, really concerned at several points in this game. I thought the Vikings are going to lose this game time time and time again because it seemed like the Packers always have that mental edge on this team. It's a permanent mental edge, and what sucks is the fact is the other team that always seems to have a mental edge on, on the Vikings is the team we're playing next week. But right now, they seem to have a mental edge on everybody. Ugh, segment number two, segment number two. I'll, I'll quit teasing to it. Um, this game was an absolute mess, though, in so many ways. Just an absolute mess. Just so lucky Aaron Rodgers was not on his A game. He, he certainly wasn't, and he hasn't been most of the year. And lucky the Packers did not come and, sh- and really show up the Vikings like they did in TCF Bank Stadium earlier in the season. Luckily, the Packers kind of stayed what they were, for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, with a couple of fortunate plays here and there featuring the Vikings. But then again, the Vikings almost handed it back to the Packers on multiple occasions throughout this game. But after a second quarter, that was just a lot of back and forth, pass rush and incomplete passes and, and a couple of first downs and then that's it, that type of thing, or three and outs and such. 6-3 to three lead for the Vikings on a drive they just could not finish. So frustrating. Just could not get through. Uh, incomplete passes and, and could not get to the... Just could not get the first down there. And ultimately a 6-3 to three lead at the at the end of the half. And all of us kind of like, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's not, I'm glad we're ahead in everything. I mean, that's a sign that our defense is playing fantastic. And they absolutely were. But also the fact the Packers still ought to think. Because you got to think the reason... One of the main reasons why... One of the main reasons why Aaron Rodgers is having... One of his worst seasons as a pro, in fact, probably his worst, is, well, they don't have Jordy Nelson, and that doesn't help. But at the same time, 
Other guys got to step up, just like the Vikings had to step up in situations with Linval Joseph being out and others along the way, Harrison Smith being out. You know, you get the routine there. First half, certainly not an indicator what a wild fest, what a wild and crazy fest the second, uh, second half was going to be. Both quarters were pretty much, well, pretty much dominated by both teams in a way. Uh, luckily, the Vikings were able to c- complete a sustained drive for the most part after the Packers had a very weak start to the, to the first half or second half after the kickoff. The Vikings were able to complete a very, very solid drive, some complete passes, and Adrian Peterson getting some nice rushes. Barely got in, got in by a nose, literally, as he was <laughs> he was pushing in and got pushed backwards. Luckily, he just barely crossed the line. Thank God for that, over the plane, as they say. 13-3 to Vikings. Things feel so good. The Vikings finally have a decent lead, a double-digit lead in this game. And then the Vikings get another stop. And then <laughs> after, I, I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, what, what Teddy Bridgewater did. I, I, I just was stunned. Like, what, what the hell is he doing? Vikings have a 10-point lead. We're finally comfortable and everything. We have the ball back again. Now we have a chance to really take control of this one. And then... <laughs> And then Teddy Bridgewater looks like he's trying to shoot a floater. I don't know, like he's playing basketball or something. He's just trying to shoot a floater. It was like a third and whatever it was. It was a third down. Uh, no reason to do that. Just throw the ball away. Or pardon me, it wasn't a third down. It was only second down. Looking to throw the ball away. Just, just throw the ball away. Why is he just tossing it in the air? I have no idea what he was doing. And I don't think anybody does. Bridgewater wasn't sharp pretty much this whole game, by the way. And every statistic will indicate that, of course. <laughs> Certain statistics that you just look at and you can't believe just how inefficient these two teams were the entire game. But a terrible play by Teddy Bridgewater. Again, I don't know if he was shooting a floater. He thought he was on a basketball court or something. Like he's driving from, he just got in front of the free throw line. Now he's going to do a little teardrop shot. I don't know. Interception, Packers ball. But then the Packers fumbled it right back. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Uh, strip sack on Aaron Rodgers. Munderland recovers it and takes it the distance. 55 yards is 20-3. to three. I was literally thinking, oh, the Vikings are going to lose for sure now. Or maybe not going to lose, but it's going to put this game, the Packers are going to tie this up or get within three really quickly here. At, at least get within three, but the chances of them tying and even taking the lead, very strong because that's a momentum-changing type of mistake. Just a scary-ass type of play. <laughs> this game reeked of New Orleans Saints 2009 in so many ways. But then again, yeah, like I said, Aaron Rodgers just fumbled, and Captain Munderland taking it the distance. Couldn't believe it, 20-3, to and it's like, okay, I guess we are going to win. I guess we are going to win. All is right with the purple. Yeah, we're going to be okay. All is right with the purple mafia here in Minnesota. Then the Packers have a very strong drive after that, and that didn't surprise anybody. They finally started completing some passes. It was classic Packers versus Vikings. Aaron Rodgers throws it. 20 yards down the field, of course it was caught in a first down, and of course another catch in a first down, and it's third and four, oh, and of course, <laughs> of course Lacey runs for five, yep, first down Green Bay, 20 to 10, ultimately Rodgers to Rodgers, that's a very infamous combination now after the Detroit and such, and put multiple plays against the Vikings in this game down the stretch, big first down completions and such, but then it's like 20 to 10, like, okay, well, We'll be okay. We're still up by 10. But, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of time remaining. That's what's scary. And then Cordero Patterson, here we go. Oh, my God. He's going to run in the distance, isn't he? It's going to be 27-10, and we got this, baby. No, we don't got it because the son of a... (laughs) Do I have to... I I don't know. The guy 
I, I don't know what he's doing. I, I really don't know. He just had the ball hanging out there. And, of course, Mason Crosby. I almost called him Sidney Crosby. He got, got hockey on the mind here when I see that name. Uh, Mason Crosby is able to catch up old Don Beebe style on the Dallas Cowboys uh, defensive lineman many, many years ago. Catching up to the guy when he was just he just had the ball hanging out. Just protected. And, uh, enough of the style points, Mr. Mr. Cordell Patterson. Just coughs the ball right up. Packers ball. Yeah, we would have had the best field position ever. Now the Packers are going to have okay field position on the 35 or so. Imagine the Vikings, though, starting off with a 10-point lead on the 30 on the Packers' 35-yard line. Or it might have even been the 20, or the, the, the 30, or the 28 or so, depending on how much further uh, Patterson would have got because he wasn't down yet when the, when the play happened. Who knows? But no, it, it just wasn't the case. Another potential momentum changer. The whole game is ruined. We're going to lose. Momentum is gone. Here come the Packers slicing through the Vikings. No, they didn't slice through the Vikings at all, did they? They didn't. They just didn't do anything. The Vikings pass rush got the job done. Packers only were able to get a field goal out of the whole rest of the game. The Vikings pass rush stood strong. But most of all, I think the secondary was just phenomenal. Xavier Rhodes and such. Just got the job done. The Vikings ended up winning the game, of course. Uh, there was a really cool play, though, early on that I didn't even mention, and I should have mentioned it. It helped lead to one of the field goals, which was, again, very frustrating. The Vikings couldn't get anything out of it, ultimately, in that second quarter. It was the one that led to the 32-yard field goal. Uh, Adam Thielen on a fake punt. Totally a surprise right there. It was hiked right to Adam Thielen, and he was able to carry it 41 yards, get the Vikings in... Well, what ultimately ended up being field goal range because Teddy Bridgewater couldn't complete a pass after that. That's where the frustration started to really pick up. But at least the Vikings had the lead in the game. So that was cool. The special teams had a fun game overall, except for the fumble by Cordero Patterson. <laughs> Pretty fun special teams day. Uh, Mr. Mr. Blair Walsh making the two field goals he attempted. Didn't have to click anything from too long out. 39 and 32, like I mentioned. Crosby, of course, made the two field goals he attempted because he never misses against the Vikings. Jeff Locke was good, averaging 39 a punt, but the Packers punter match, they was able to get 44 and a half. Yay. Not that anybody really cares, but just saying it was slightly better, so it kept the Vikings in check a little bit. Um, of course, Aaron Rodgers was targeting Anderson Dejo the whole day because he's the most beatable of the Vikings secondary. You got Newman and Munderland and Harrison Smith. And, of course, Xavier Rhodes all playing so well, doing an unbelievably great job for the Vikings in the secondary. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to target Anderson Dejo the whole time, who went up with 14 tackles in the game. That's pretty crazy. And that's why. It's not because Sandejo was amazing. It's because he had to make the tackle because the ball was thrown his direction. We all know what that is. When you have a guy who's got, like, way more tackles than everybody else, that's because, yeah, because he was targeted. Now, when you have a defensive Tackle like Sharif Floyd with seven tackles in the game. You know he was absolutely fantastic. And his pass rush was huge. The whole freaking game did a great job forcing Aaron Rodgers to hurry. Everson Griffin was unbelievable with two sacks in the game. Again, also forcing Aaron Rodgers to hurry the entire game. Throw incomplete passes. This and that. It was a beautiful thing. And of course, throw the ball away like we always like to say. Even Harrison Smith and Tom Johnson shared a sack. Anthony Barr was freaking awesome as well. I mean, all, or well, at least two of them, Harrison Smith and Anthony Barr, looked absolutely great in their return. Of course, Linval Joseph was still out, which is really frustrating. You hope he can come back for the postseason against the uh, Seattle Seahawks, but that's yet to be determined at this point. 
a fun game for the Vikings overall, but not pretty. It was very scary. Uh, you thought the Vikings were going to lose this game the whole time. <laughs> a lot of us did. When it was 20-3, to though, we thought everything was okay. And then it was 2010, of course. Like, uh, no surprise that the Packers came back after that. But what was surprising was how great the Vikings secondary and their pass rush was the rest of the game. Saved the game right there. Defense wins championships, and it won the division championship here. Because the Vikings offense was not good enough to beat the Packers. It was the Vikings defense that was good enough in this one. Made Aaron Rodgers and the others look terrible in the game. Look terrible. Uh, led to Packer fans talking about he's not a $20 million quarterback. And certainly led the Packer fans to continue to... To rant and rave about, oh, rant, rave, to rant about Jones as well, that he's not a, or excuse me, Cobb, that he's not a $10 million receiver. No, I, I never really thought he was either. He's good, but not for $10 million. Uh, certainly not <clears throat> up to par in this one. He did get six catches, but only 37 yards. Couldn't really get anywhere after the catch. Luckily, uh, the Vikings were able to stop the Packers on numerous occasions. Uh, James Jones was good, but he was targeted 13 times. Though, of course, a lot of those plays were throwaways, of course. That's why there's so many. That's what Aaron Rodgers does when he's in trouble. Uh, Richard Rodgers is quite a pain in the butt, though, to defend. And, of course, we all saw what happened with Detroit. That's kind of old news. But uh, certain statistics, though, you you just look at him and you throw up. Of course, the Vikings were one for one on fourth down. And that was the Adam Thielen direct hike to him. On the long snap, the Packers completed three of six on fourth down, which is kind of funny considering, yeah, I mean, it was extremely frustrating. Fourth and inches, and of course the Packers would complete it, stuff like that. It was time and time again, including a fourth down on the final drive of the game, which ultimately wound up being nothing anyway. Thank God for that. But the third down efficiency in this game really tells you the state of both of these offenses, at least at this point in time, and you hope it's going to change for the Vikings going into next week. You don't really care if the Packers win against Washington. You kind of hope the the Redskins take care of Green Bay. It'd be good to make sure that they're they're out of there. A, a, out of their misery, and B, there's no chance that they'll pick it up again and start winning games and go all the way. Though no, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, pa- Vikings were only 2 of 11 on third down efficiency. Packers, 2 of 15. <laughs> A true state of affairs for both teams, though, again, you could credit the Vikings' defense in a big way. But, hey, you know, the Packers' defense is pretty good, too. I mean, my goodness, at, at times, anyway, at times, particularly their pass rush is always a pain in the ass against the Vikings. Uh, Clay Matthews with just a dominating sack on Teddy Ridgewater. Could have broke the guy's neck, though. Kind of frustrating the way he literally jumped on him. Clinton Dix and Julius Peppers also adding sacks in the game. No surprise seeing Julius Tepper. Seems like he's always in there when when he plays when he plays against the Vikings. Uh, Latroy Guyon was okay as well, but um, I think the Vikings' offense just wasn't that good the whole game, without a doubt. Uh, Bridgewater was not sharp at all the entire game, and of course the I don't know if it was a jump ball or a or a, or a teardrop shot or what he was thinking about on the play, but <laughs> 99 yards overall for the game for Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm, not good enough. Nope. No, not good enough. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. There you go. So let's try to jump into the Fran Tarkin Awards because segment number two is going to be bigger. I mean, this game was significant. We won the NFC North and everything. It was fun. It was a. Uh, it was emotional and a very happy moment that we finally got through the curse of Green Bay. We overcome the cur- We overcame the curse of late night football. Now we've we've done it twice. We've beaten. We've beaten the curse of late night football. Twice, two weeks in a row now, and on the road, in this case, in Green Bay, it doesn't get much sweeter than that. It's a significant game and everything, 
But segment number two is a playoff preview, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, that's why I better keep this fairly short. As, as exciting and happy as it is, it's time to talk about the postseason throughout the NFL and, of course, most importantly, Minnesota versus Seattle. My two most hated teams on the planet, back-to-back weeks. Can we do it? Can we do it? Back-to-back weeks. You beat Green Bay and beat Seattle. It wouldn't get much sweeter than that. But then again, there is one thing that would be much sweeter. One thing. The odds of getting there are not going to be easy. But if you overcome Seattle, you can overcome anything. That's the hope. And that's kind of a <laughs> that's kind of an appetizer for segment number two right there, isn't it? Fran Tarkenton Award in this game. Who the heck do I give it to? Mike Zimmer? Um, yeah. No, <laughs> basically. Uh, Adrian Peterson was solid in the game. I can't really give it to anybody on offense. And we all know where the, where the, uh, yeah, we all know where the Christian Ponder Memorial is going. Mm-hmm. We all kind of have a pretty good idea. Uh, I'm going to give the, I'm going to give the Fran Tarkin award in this one to, God, who do I, what do I do? Do I give it to, uh, man, Captain Munnerlin. It was just absolutely fantastic in the game. And, of course, there's so many guys I could say this about. Harrison Smith. Terrence Newman was really, really good the whole game. Sheree Floyd was so awesome. Uh, Munnerlin's overall defense the entire season. You know, he's due for a Fran Tarkenton award, isn't he? he he's been so solid all year after a disappointing uh, introduction to Minnesota last year out of the Carolina Panthers 15-1 and organization, those sons of guns. Um, they, they weren't 15-1 and at the time, but they were solid. Uh, came to Minnesota. Was not good last year, but was playing a bit out of position. Now he's back in his proper position, and look what a good player he truly is. And, of course, the pass, the pass deflection and the uh, fumble recovery running for a touchdown. It was the greatest thing ever. It, it changed the game. It absolutely changed the game. So Captain Munderland is the Fran Tarkenton Award winner. And shall we begin? Shall we begin the Christian Ponder Memorial? Cordell Patterson, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, it's not only the fact that the fumble happened, and it could have changed the whole game and the whole season and all that good stuff, though we may have came back into Green Bay and beat them. That's the thing that may have, that's almost the thing you almost might have wanted to lose the game. But nah, nah, you don't want to lose the game. You want to win a division championship for the first time in in, um, five, six years. So it's nice, six years. Ultimately, finally dethrone these SOBs once and for all. They've been so cocky. They've been such bullies for years. And it's nice to see them finally lose to us and on their home field and get swept at home against their entire division for the first time since 1968. Very cool. <laughs> but now that I'm stretching this way too far already, Cordero Patterson, that smile on your face, the laugh and the chuckling after you almost effed up the entire freaking game and the whole, you've almost messed up everything for the Vikings there. It would have changed the whole momentum, and it sure looked like it was going to, the way the Packers were moving that ball after that play. It's a miracle the Vikings defense like got it together after that, and thank God they did. But for that smile, that happiness and everything, that led me and many a Viking fan to say, just cut the SLB. I don't ever want to see him in a Viking uniform again, ever again, because he does not give a rat's ass. You see pictures of him with 19 like expensive like necklaces on. What's, what's, what's the point? What, what is he? What is this guy? I, I I don't understand. It's it's just all he cares about is fashion, and that's great. And then smile, he's all just happy and smiling. He looked a little bit down about it for about three seconds, but then he's smiling and laughing on the sidelines with I I don't even know who and I don't even care. Enough with the smiling and laughing. All right, well we can start talk about hopefully smiling and laughing after we beat Seattle next week. I hope that is the case. We'll talk about that right after this. 
We are back here on Purple Mafia. Oh yeah, segment number two. You know what it is. NFL Roundup. Um, no more NFC North necessarily. Well, we could... <laughs> yeah, I mean Detroit, Chicago, whatever. I mean, I could talk about that right away. Might as well. Detroit and Chicago wrap things up. They end up finishing uh, well, in third and fourth place. Detroit ends up beating Chicago 24-10. to Just a very frustrating finish for the Bears, who at one point were... Still in the mix. They were still very much in the mix. They end up finishing six and ten. Detroit, amazingly, with how terribly they started the season, they were they were one and six. They end up finishing the season seven and nine. What a strong finish! Detroit might have been a pretty dangerous team if they continued to uh, rise up and such. It's going to be very interesting to see how they kind of take the momentum into next season. But eh, we'll see. Maybe they tried to save Jim Caldwell's job. I don't know, but I do think John Fox and the Chicago Bears will get things more together. In the next year or two. That's just my humble opinion. He's a pretty good coach. So, um, obviously that Bears team was just totally decimated. Uh, all over the place. San Francisco beats St. Louis again. That's funny. So, of course, the 49ers coach, his last game, they finished 5-11. and A mixed-up season all over the place. He, he's gone. Uh, of course, Chip Kelly's been fired before the game started. Philadelphia Eagles ended up beating the Giants to honor Chip Kelly's getting fired, I suppose. And possibly Tom Coughlin's exit out of New York. We'll see. That's kind of flowing around. It might be a mutual parting of ways. Four missed uh, playoffs for the first time since um, since about 1980 for the New York Giants. It's been a long time. Four, four seasons in a row. So Because at that point, it was three years in a row where the Giants had a losing record. They end up missing the playoffs, unfortunately for them. 6-10 and ten on the year. I'm, I'm shocked that they finished 6-10. and ten. Though, of course, they looked like they were pretty much 6-10 and 10 as well. The Colts missed the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Chuck Pagano, is he gone? I would I would get rid of him. I don't think anybody likes him. I think he sucks. <laughs> Imagine if they had Bruce Arians instead, but I don't know. I like uh, I like the Cardinals more than the Colts anyway, so na-na-na-boo-boo to the Colts, I suppose. They, uh, they still have Andrew Luck anyway. Uh, they, they won their last game over Tennessee, 30-24. to Woo-hoo, I suppose. Uh, I'll talk about... Um, mm-hmm-hmm. Washington wrapped up their season. They end up with a winning record, 34-23 to over a hapless, dead, beat-to-hell beat Dallas Cowboy team. Washington officially like putting their stamp as a division champion, 9-7 and record. They host the Packers next week. We'll talk about that very shortly. Uh, now we get into the more interesting ones with some playoff implications. Well, one of them, this isn't really playoff implications, though it's cemented them as the best record in football. Are they the best team? I don't know. Carolina romps Tampa Bay 38-10. to Cam Newton, Cam, Cameron Newton, and the Carolina Panthers come out of there with no major injuries. They're ready to go. 15-1 record. The road to the Super Bowl goes through North Carolina. That's right, North Carolina. So that's for the first time in their franchise history. 15-1. and Boy, oh boy, Rivera over there. Coach Rivera in Carolina. Damn, you've done a good job. You really have. Um, and I'll give a shout-out to Holly Brooks, who's a big fan of them. She's supposed to be a Viking fan, damn it. She's from, she's from what, Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Moved to Florida many years ago, then kind of uh, the last two year, two or three years or so. She's kind of been all over the map. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, like she was such a huge Seahawks fan. They slaughtered the Arizona Cardinals in their house. I suppose the Cardinals are just trying to stay healthy because we saw what happened last year. When Carson Palmer got hurt, it was over. They, they were just ruined, especially when the backup got hurt. I mean, there was nothing Arizona could do against a, well, um, a 7-9 Carolina team that was hosting them. They were 11-5 and on the year because the record was already good when Palmer got hurt, and they won a couple more games with the backup. But then, you know, Carolina was just, uh, they were on a kind of a, they were on a hot streak. They ended up beating Arizona pretty soundly, and then they could not finish the job against the Packers. It was quite unfortunate. 
Embiid, no, not the Packers. They couldn't finish the job against the Seahawks. I'm all screwed up, sorry. Just could not get the job done. The Seahawks were just too good. Packers, of course, beat Dallas in the second round last year. Ugh. Major playoff implications as we continue to bounce around here. Denver beating San Diego. Peyton, Peyton Manning's back on the field. Ah, I screwed it all up. I thought I was going to be better. Brock Osweiler still the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Peyton Manning should be the starter again. Yep, that's what he says. Hmm. Well, what is Denver going to do? Um, you got to you got to remember it was the Chargers. The Vikings looked pretty good against the Chargers too. <laughs> uh, Brock Osweiler though was a mess, terrible in the game for some reason. After an okay start, getting Denver going, but Peyton Manning coming in and was pretty damn sharp. He wasn't that great, though. He, he wasn't that great. He only attempted nine passes. That's the funny part. But he was sharp. He was sharp enough. He wasn't turning the ball over and fumbling the ball. Uh, three three turnovers for Brock Osweiler in the game. Of, uh, kind of a strip sack type of fumble. And two interceptions. Just could not get the job done. And the, the, the Broncos said, okay, let's get Manning in there. I don't know if it's to protect Osweiler or what the deal is or if Manning's going to be the starter. Have you ever seen this before? A quarterback controversy for the team that just clinched the number one seed in the AFC. <laughs> I can't believe the freaking Broncos are the number one seed in the AFC. Okay, okay, now I gotta remember. You know, I just start ranting about this team. <laughs> and then there's... <laughs> And there's Gerald Spring out there. I love you to death, Gerald. Really, honest to God. And you know what? I like the Broncos just fine. I don't hate them. I, I just think they're a mess. I, I don't think they're legit. I mean, their defense is, okay, almost swore really bad. Their defense is bleeping awesome now. And their running game is freaking good, too. But I got to tell you, man, that John Elway and Terrell Davis team, God, you know, if you're a Broncos fan, that team makes you smile so many times over. I mean, ear to ear. And you know what? You know what? That team made me a Broncos fan for at least a couple of years. I mean, I loved that team. Loved that team. I don't know what, what it is. Like, Creighton Manning in Denver, it, it just doesn't seem right. It seems weird, kind of like a fish out of water. Um, when when Brock Osweiler was in there, though, it's like a perfect fit, a perfect match. Like, he's not perfect. He's not a perfect quarterback, but he's good enough. He was good enough, and he, and he had energy, and he, and, and he was healthier, you know, all that kind of stuff. A little more energy, a little more zip on the ball. At Peyton Manning's age, there's not much zip. He, he, he's he's a perfect quarterback throwing skeets out there for a skeet shoot, basically. Just, and then, you just shoot that skeet or the duck, you know, the clay pigeon, whatever. That's about what Peyton Manning is at this stage. So, if Denver's going to go on a playoff run, Osweiler better get his ass in gear in a quick hurry. Because, I don't know, I mean, I don't think the Broncos are going to win a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning as a quarterback right now. And you know how crazy that sounds? <laughs> that sounds crazy, doesn't it? So, I don't know. They're the number one seed in the AFC because freaking Patriots couldn't beat Miami for the 99th time in a row. Why can't the Patriots beat Miami? Why? Why can't they beat Miami? Miami could be 0-6, could be 0-15, but they'd win the last game of the season against the 15-0 Patriots. And, yeah, we know why that would be at the same, for the, for the multiple reasons, of course, for history purposes. But at the same time, regardless if the, if the Dolphins were the only undefeated team in NFL history or not, they beat the Patriots in the last game of the season when they're trying to be 16-0 and or when the Patriots were 10-0 and or whatever. They always beat the Patriots. And they beat the hell out of uh, out of Tom Brady. Now he's got a couple like bruised. Now he's got bruised ribs. And trust me, I know what that feels like. Because I fell hard on the concrete last year. Bruised ribs. Severely bruised wrist. And I went back to work like nothing. You know, I'm, I'm the Brett Favre of my place. You know what I mean? I didn't miss a day. I didn't miss a second. I heard like freaking hell and I couldn't sleep for a month, but eh, you know. 
Yeah. Regardless, Peyton Manning will be out there, or Peyton Manning, uh, uh, Tom Brady will be out there. Number two seed in the AFC as I'm kind of literally segueing into the postseason. And no, I don't hate the Broncos. I mean, their defense is awesome, and Kubiak has done an awesome job in Denver. Uh, Gary Kubiak. He's done an awesome job. I, I, I just, I don't know, if Peyton Manning's a starting quarterback, they're making a mistake, I think. But at the same time, Osweiler better be better than that. I mean, the Chargers at 4-12 and finishing the season made him look like horse bleep, and that was kind of embarrassing. I, I don't know, man. They look like crap. Seriously. Or he, he looked like crap. What am I talking about? Um, so that's the end of that. Uh, New England just not sharp. Uh, luckily, they got out of the game without major injuries, and they're the number two seed in the AFC. At least they kept the first round by, and we all know what's going to happen in, with the other one, but we'll get back to that in a second. I mean, it's plain as day. Give me a break. <laughs> I feel bad for them, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, another team I feel bad for, the New York Jets. Come on. It can't be the stupid Rex Ryan. Gosh. You know, Rex Ryan leaves New York. They immediately are way better. He goes to Buffalo, a team that looked like Super Bowl aspirations. Dead serious. They looked like one of the, they looked like they were going to be a first round buy type of talent, and they finish 8 and 8. Oh, but they beat the Jets. Neener, 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 pumpkin eater. You know, whatever. Get out of here. I don't know why I'm saying pumpkin eater, but uh, whatever. You know, we're happy for you, Rex Ryan. Really, we're happy for you. And now the Jets missed the playoffs. I bet the Jets fans want to, oof. I, I can't even imagine how they feel about that guy right now. And how awful that team was the last couple of years with Rex Ryan in control. Then you bring in Todd Bowles, and they look like one of the better teams out there. And now they don't even make the playoffs because they, they just, they look like the Vikings against the, the Packers a couple of weeks ago. Just not quite as but it's uh, lopsided. They look like poop in that game, and they went. They end up losing twenty-two to seventeen. I, I I'm pissed off because I, I don't like this, the Pittsburgh Steelers that much. I really don't. Even though uh, even though Ben Roethlisberger has had some unbelievable seasons the last couple of years, just unbelievable numbers. But I'm still not a fan. I'd, I'd much rather see the Jets in the playoffs. Even though I'm a little bit worried about them against the Patriots. Just 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 a touch. Just a touch. There's that kind of team that tends to beat the Patriots. They're kind of like a better Miami kind of, you know, just kind of. <sighs> well, the Jets are out. The Steelers are in. And they're going to Cincinnati. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a minute, too. <laughs> Still kind of wrapping up the final games here. That means something. Um, Oakland, Kansas City. The Chiefs finish 11-5. and They're on a hot streak. Congratulations to them. Yeah, I, I, we'll talk about that in a second. Again, Pittsburgh wrapped things up. They made the playoffs. They did what they had to kind of a crappy situation for the Jets. They had to go to they had to go to Buffalo. All that swirling wind and that awesome fan base and those And by the way, the Jets I am glad I didn't forget to say it. Jets and Buffalo Bills, some of the coolest uniforms ever. I mean, what that's so cool looking, man. Watching that game yesterday. Uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I I like the Browns uniforms and I'd love to see that franchise get out of the the doldrums they've been in. I mean, they're in the NFL catacombs, man, and I I feel bad for them. Steelers no problem. They're in the playoffs. Thank you very much, Cleveland, I guess, unfortunately. Uh, New Orleans, Atlanta, whatever. 20-17, to 17, New Orleans wins the game. Woohoo, the battle of the deep south, I guess. That's just kind of a inter-little rivalry between two teams that cannot stand each other, just like Minnesota-Green Bay, you know, that, that type of thing. But it had a meaning to it, uh, the Minnesota-Green Bay one anyway. Uh, Houston wrapped up their division championship. They're in the playoffs. Fourth seed in the AFC, 30-6. to They're the Washington Redskins of the AFC. Congratulations to them. They had to play Jacksonville just to wrap things up, just like Washington had to play Dallas just to wrap things up. Uh, like I said, Seattle over Arizona. Well, get back to that in a second. 
Uh, what was the other one? Cincinnati over Baltimore, 24-16. Good for them. Woohoo. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, Cincinnati ended up finishing the season extremely strong and good for them and all that. But unfortunately, it's uh, not going to be easy now as they will be <laughs> playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round. So let's start off in the AFC, of course. Denver, 12-4, and top record in the AFC. New England, 12-4, and second seed in the AFC. Both first-round buys. I already talked about that. The first game, now these are both Saturday games. As we go in to the AFC, uh, as we step into the playoffs now officially, the Saturday games will both come out of the AFC, and Cincinnati will lose in the first round for the 99th time in a row because Pittsburgh's going to Cincinnati. Can you imagine a 12-4 and record for the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> you know, that's kind of why I almost hoped uh, Denver would lose that game because... I don't know, maybe they could still beat Pittsburgh as a third seed, but Cincinnati is not going to beat Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. 12-4 uh, season, all this promise, but it's kind of like Dennis Green all over again in Cincinnati. You know, like you got the, the good record and everything, but they never do anything and they get to the playoffs. You know, it, it, it's just the same old thing. The guy's been there forever. They never do anything and they make the playoffs, regardless of what their record is. Pittsburgh's got way too much playoff pedigree. They've, they're, they're always, it seems like they're always on a mission, particularly when they make the playoffs, and that kind of scares me a little bit. They're the Seattle Seahawks of the AFC, again, which scares the hell out of me. Uh, Cincinnati is not going to win the game. Um, I don't even know what to pick a score for that one. It's going to be higher scoring, kind of, even though Cincinnati's got a good defense, but, but both of them have an offense capable of putting up numbers, uh, especially Pittsburgh. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to win the game 27-20. to 20. Another weird score. I, I keep coming up with that number, and I don't know why, but 27-20, Pittsburgh's going to win that one. Kansas City to Houston. So who's going to advance to the second round in that one? The Chiefs are so hot right now. Their playoff history is a lot like Cincinnati. You know, <laughs> it's been really bad. Uh, Cincinnati last won a playoff game in 1988. I've said that a billion times. Kansas City last won a playoff game with Joe Montana as a starting quarterback when they when he took them to the uh, AFC title game against the Buffalo Bills, but they could not win win that game. They just did not even show up for that one for whatever reason. Way back in good old 93, and I remember that very well. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, though, I think they will win their first playoff game since uh, 1993. I think they're really, really, I mean, they are so hot right now. I, I think they're legit this time. Like last year, they were hot too, but the hot was early, and they kind of were cooling off. This time, Kansas City's not cooling off. I think they'll at least get to the second round this, this this time around. After that, well, if they run it into England, I think it's game over. Denver and Kansas City will be classic, awesome uh, <laughs> with that AFC AFC uh, West matchup. It'll be freaking awesome. Gotta love that. <laughs> That'll be so much fun to watch. The AFC West classic divisional matchup. Kansas City and Denver. That's like Minnesota Green Bay a bit for those two teams. So they, they're, they're kind of all just bitter rivals when you think about it. I mean, San Diego, uh, New England, or San Diego, New England, what am I saying? San Diego, uh, Oakland Raiders, Kansas City, Denver, classic division. That's what I think is going to happen. But we won't preview the second round at this point. But I think the Chiefs will beat the Houston Texans in a pretty close game. But Alex Smith and such will finally get a playoff victory for Kansas City for the first time in 22 freaking years. So good for Kansas City. They'll finally advance. Where am I going? I thought this was going to do something, and it's not. It's just sitting there like an idiot. Well, Packers, there's only two games. Packers head to Washington. The Packers head to Washington. The Kansas, uh, Kansas City, the Washington Redskins have been on a nice run, and this is not me picking on the Packers. It's just a fact. This is me saying that if I'm from South Dakota, if I'm from Idaho, if I'm from Wyoming, 
if I'm from Mississippi or wherever, the Washington Redskins are going to beat the Packers because the Packers are a mess right now. Things are not going well. Even the fans are turning on them like I've never seen. I've never seen Packer fans turn on this team like they are right now. I mean, but but they do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose they did it a bit in the early 2000s as well when even Favre was struggling and they didn't like uh, they didn't like Coach Sherman at the time. They were Mike Sherman. They're giving him a, a hell of a time. Maybe the current guy, Mike uh, McCarthy, will be in trouble. The possibility does exist, but again, Jordy Nelson's injury is not McCarthy's fault or Aaron Rodgers' fault. Uh, Eddie Lacy certainly not living up to the hype, though. The Packers' defense is all over the place. Certain guys are great, and other guys suck, basically, in the Packers' defense. It's not a bad defense, though. I think they're just fine. But the Redskins are playing better right now, and they're hosting the game. I would not have liked the Vikings to go to Washington, though a lot of people wanted that to happen. The Vikings' history against the Washington Redskins is pretty checkered at the very, at the bare minimum. I mean, remember 1987, the Vikings looked pretty good. They were on such a playoff run. They beat the 49ers, like one of the best teams in the plant of all, of all time. They actually beat the 49ers in a playoff game on the road. Like, that's nuts. That, that's impossible. But they couldn't beat the Redskins. They just couldn't do it. Darren Nelson dropped the pass. Would have forced overtime. And then 92, Redskins came into the Metrodome. Vikings with great defense. Uh, you had announcers... National announcers saying defense like this could get you to the Super Bowl. You had an okay quarterback at the time who ended up being much better later with the Raiders in Rich Gannon. Um, a fun team to watch. You had a great running back in Terry Allen who had 17 touchdowns. Or was it 15? It was a big number. Uh, just a great team. Defense, running game, turnovers, all that. And they couldn't beat the Redskins. They got hammered by the Redskins. It was kind of like Chiefs and Vikings Super Bowl four. <laughs> that was bullcrap. So I don't like the history there. Washington's going to win that game. Kirk Cousins and such, they're just, uh, they're, they're more sharp than the Packers right now. They're going to win the game. The Redskins' uh, defense is solid. Their offense is good enough. The Packers are a mess. Washington will win the game by a final score. It's going to be low scoring, 20. It's going to be 20 to, uh, 20 to 10. I don't think Green Bay is going to do much. It's going to be a mess. 20 to 10, Washington will beat the Packers. Again, I'm not picking on the Packers. That's just, they're not playing well right now. Seattle at Minnesota. Oh boy. <laughs> if I, I hate that team so much. I hate them so much. The Vikings have been on a positive run, but Bridgewater did not look good against the Packers at all. At all. Did not look good against the Packers at all. He needs to be a lot better if the Vikings are going to win the game. He needs to be a lot better. The Vikings need to get to Russell Wilson if they have any hope of winning the game. You could not have a you could not have it happen again where the where you just had Russell Wilson running for a first down every single time his feet started moving. I mean it was just the most frustrating thing you ever saw. And right now, if I'm from another city, I'd probably pick Seattle. But the fact that the Vikings were able to overcome the Packers, despite the way Green Bay how they sucked all year, well not all year, but they were sucking real bad. Then they came into Minnesota, looked like world beaters and all that. They looked like the 2010 Packers and all that on their hot playoff run. Conveniently. And then Seattle, though, has been on one of those kind of missions ever since they were 6-6. Six and six. They were 6-6 six and six when they came into the, the TCF Bank Stadium. Now look at them. Or were they 5-6? and six? I mean, they were really struggling. The Vikings, no, they were below 6-6. Six and six. Uh, They were really struggling at the time. But then they got hot. They had one good game. And they came into the TCF Bank Stadium. And they did what they did. And the Vikings could not tackle the guy. I mean, it's a, the tackling needs to be 10 times better if the Vikings hope to beat the Seahawks.
I mean, Linval Joseph needs to be healthy and ready to go. One other good factor, though, that could help. It doesn't mean that much, but maybe it, maybe it means more than some of you want might want to believe. Last time around, Seattle came into TCF Bank Stadium. It was about 40 and foggy. Now, that spells Seattle to me in uh, this, this time of year, right? But it's supposed to be pretty damn cold this weekend. See, it's kind of semi-warm right now, like upper 20s right now, right? But then there's, we're going to get snow around Friday-ish. And then there's that classic massive dip in temperature after the snow. That tends to happen a lot. It's a cold front warming into a warm, moist front that forms a, a snowstorm. That's usually what causes it. And Seattle coming into the bitter cold in the old school Minnesota tundra. The old Minnesota tundra that used to exist in the 70s where Vikings would beat everybody. They'd, they'd always beat the LA Rams and then get to the Super Bowl <laughs> back in those days. I'm not old enough, but a lot of listeners are, which is really cool, and I love that. Can the Vikings build, uh, regain that old Met Stadium magic? The old frozen Met Stadium. Can they, can they beat the Seattle Seahawks with that? Can it help beat them? Can it slow them down enough that the Viking defenders can get to Russell Wilson? That maybe passes will be dropped that you're normally completed. Can the Vikings get the job done this time around? We can only hope and pray. A prediction of this game is almost impossible to do. Uh, the national pundits are all picking Seattle. Uh, the uh, odds makers in Las Vegas have the Seahawks winning. I, I've seen odds of, of three points, and I've seen seven. Everybody's picking Seattle, and I really hate what they did to Arizona. They ended a nine-game win streak for the Arizona Cardinals. It was a terrible game for Arizona. Uh, I loved what Seattle was able to do against the Cardinals uh, earlier in, in the season. It was or against the Seahawks earlier in the season. It was freaking awesome to see. I hate Seattle probably more than Green Bay right now. <laughs> it's Green Bay. I don't hate them as much when, when I know we can beat them. It feels good. It, it's fun. But Seattle, I don't know if we can beat them. And it's not just jealousy or any of that. But it's kind of fear as well. But uh, the thing I hate the most, though, about the Seattle team is their cockiness. They're over the... Over the... They're just, they're just way over the top of their cockiness. Um, they have a good running game, of course, too. Uh, Christine Michael is in there uh, against Arizona. And not Marshawn Lunch. Mr. I, I'm, I'm here so I won't get fined. So... And the good news is he's still out at this point in time with the uh, abdominal issue. So... Well, there it is. Uh, he had surgery back in late November and still will not be able to play at this point in time. They, uh, Well, he wasn't able to play for Arizona. Odds are he won't be able to play for the Vikings. I would be very surprised, or against the Vikings. I would be very surprised if he was in there. So we'll be looking at Michael again. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Christine Michael has done a good job for the, uh, the... I'm getting crazy here. The Seattle Seahawks, at least in that one game, he had a nice, strong showing. So that's the good news in that sense. The uh, Seattle Seahawks running game is kind of all over the place. It's a kind of a mess and such. But the guy I fear more than anybody is Russell Wilson on the ground. I mean, he's about as dangerous as it gets, particularly on third downs. When his feet start moving, those purple gloves or white gloves with purple wrists or whatever need to be on the son of a gun. They need to be done. He needs to be wrapped up, wrap up his ankles, wrap up his whatever, bring him down, take him, take him down as soon as possible for a loss or no gain or whatever. That's the only hope here. I mean, the Vikings' odds of winning the game, uh, well, they really, truly rest on the pass rush and the ability to take down Russell Wilson. That's the key of keys in this game. Russell Wilson. Don't allow him to be... <laughs> just don't don't allow him to roam. And that's a tall order. 
It's easier said than done. But the Vikings did a great job of that on Aaron Rodgers uh, this last week. Where the last time around, the Vikings did a terrible job bringing Aaron Rodgers down. So if you can bring in the same pass rush that the Vikings uh, brought to Green Bay, if you can bring a similar pass rush to Seattle, maybe get four sacks on, on Russell Wilson, we have a chance to win the game. Um, in good faith, and I am risking an undefeated record like I had last year. I had an undefeated record last season, picking teams week by week by week throughout the playoffs all the way up to the Super Bowl, and I picked the Patriots over the Seahawks. So just like when I picked the Patriots over the Seahawks last year, in good faith, and in believing that that team was good enough and ready to go, because they were good enough and ready to go. That's why they won the game. (laughs) By this much, but hey, you get the idea. I think the Vikings are good enough and ready to go for the most part. The greatest fear is both of the two quarterbacks here, man. It's all about Bridgewater versus Russell Wilson. Now, it's not basketball where they're matching up against each other, literally, but you get the idea. Can Teddy Bridgewater survive against that pass rush this time? Can the Vikings offensive line do a better job against the Seattle pass rush? It's all about that. The Seattle pass rush versus the Vikings pass rush. It's all about that. It's all about that. This whole game, yes, you want to establish the run and all that good stuff. And I think the Vikings can win that battle. They can win, but they they didn't last time. (laughs) They certainly didn't. Adrian Peterson couldn't get anywhere, and they didn't give him the damn ball either. All of that. But it wasn't working. That's why they weren't giving him the damn ball. So, it's a scary game, man. I hate this team so much. I, I hate Richard Sherman's big mouth. I would love to see Stefan Diggs dig out a great play against Mr. Mr. Big Mouth over there, Richard Sherman. I would love to see it happen. Oh, what a good defensive. What a secondary they have. What a pass rush. You know, it almost sounds like I like them, but I don't. I hate them so much. God dang it, I hate them so much. And I, I it's all about the key. But in good faith, it's going to be a frustrating curse at the TV, throw bricks at the windows, break, break controllers if you're pre- pretending to play a, uh, Xbox or whatever. Pull a pick up your Christmas tree if it's still sitting there. Throw it through the television or throw it out the window at a passerby, especially if they're wearing a Seahawks jersey, whatever it is. Just, oh, it's going to be one of those kind of games. There's going to be a lot of swearing. Wear earplugs. <laughs> Seriously, wear some earplugs. Yeah, all of that. Just try to stay away from alcohol if best possible so you don't kill somebody or yourself because it's going to be that kind of game. But the Vikings will win the game by a narrow margin in that cold weather. I think they're going to stand strong. They're going to have a. They're going to have one heck of a showing. I think Mike Zimmer in his first playoff game is going to be 1-0. I, 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 just, I don't think Mike Zimmer is going to lose his first playoff game. I think we're going to see something established here in Minnesota for the first time in a very, very long time. You're going to see a little bit of, a little bit of Bud Grant in Mr. Mike Zimmer this time around. Teddy Bridgewater, though, is obviously, yeah, I mean, I've, I've rehashed it a million times. The two quarterbacks are by far the keys of the game and the two pass rushes. The Vikings will win the game by the narrowest of narrow margins. I think the momentum on the Vikings will, will be a surprise. It'll be a very surprise, very big surprise. I think Mike Zimmer will have this team ready to go. Seattle's going to be ready to go, too, and it's going to be a dogfight like you've never seen. <laughs> it's going to be a lot like the Saints game in 09. In, in that sense, a lot of back and forth, a lot of frustration, a lot of everything, but the Vikings will survive and win 31-28. to 28. <laughs> uh, I think there's going to be some surprises. Hopefully the Vikings can get... Uh, I, I think there's going to be something of a surprise turnover on Russell Wilson 
in the second half of some type that'll really change the momentum of the game for the Vikings. That's my opinion. That's what I believe will happen. It's the Vikings secondary that'll save the day late. I think the Vikings pass rush will be just barely good enough to win the game. That's what I do believe because it has greatly improved since that game, since the game, you know, about a month ago against Seattle. So there you go. Vikings win 31-28 in a dogfight of legends. So let's get to fan interaction. This show is going to drag a little longer than I would have hoped. But what do you expect? Segment number two was a monster because you got all these playoff games to talk about. Next week it'll dwindle down. It'll be cut in half. So there you go. We'll be back after this. The 2015 NFC North champion, Minnesota Vikings. Okay, not official, but hey. The two NFC North champions. Me boy, hell yeah. Sorry for the shouting, but hell yeah, mo. At the end, but... Ooh. We got a tough one next week with the Sea Hags. Let's see what happens. Uh, I would love it, love, 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 love to win next week. But at this point, anything is gravy. I, but it, uh, definitely want to see what's hap- up with Thielen and Allison's injuries. But I had faith in Zimmer, Spielman, and the boys. But dang, they sure put it so scared me there at the end. I thought Rogers would pull a horseshoe out of his high quarters. But he did it in the lines that week. God, I'm sorry I said that. Lord forgive me for even referencing Rogers in a horseshoe. Pulling a horseshoe out of his high quarters. But he did it in full. Okay, there I go again. I'll shut up. Troll Vikings. Playoffs, baby! Playoffs, baby! I love the sound of that. Troll Vikings, I'm out. And I thank you so much, always, Brent, for the call-in. Very, 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 very appreciated. There you go. I mean, that's the voice of a, of a fan of a team that just won the NFC North Division for the first time in six years. I mean, there you go. I mean, it's not like Detroit where it's been since God knows when, or Chicago has been a little while, or, or other teams in the NFL that haven't won a, a division championship in a trillion years or won a playoff game in X amount of time. So luckily we're not one of those. But hey, it's been a while, and Green Bay giving us a hard time every freaking year. It's so nice to be able to go to do it in their house. And you heard the exuberance out of Brent and also the hesitation coming into the Seattle game. And I don't blame a soul a soul for being a bit hesitant coming into this one. That's why I have the Vikings, that's why I said in good faith winning 31-28. to That's in good faith, believing that the Vikings will truly show up ready to go. And if they do, I think they absolutely can win the game, especially in the bitter cold situation. I think that will make a difference. I think it will help. It'll help enough. Just barely enough. And I think that Mike Zimmer in his first playoff game and everything, I think you're going to see something special out of this team, out of Mike Zimmer. I mean, this is not going to be a joke. I really don't think it will be. 
I pray to God the Vikings do come out and show up and all that. Thank you so much for that momentum, Brent, bringing me into segment number three. This will go a bit over an hour, maybe one minute, one hour and 15 minutes or so. That's my guess, but obviously you're listening and you know what it is. Uh, We continue off from the last show. We continue off from the last show. Gerald String saying, Happy New Year. Joey can't wait for Sunday night. Zimmer wants a banner to hang in the new stadium. That would be so awesome. And he got it. Zimmer got it. Gerald got to love that. And now the Fran Tarkin quote saying, why not Why not us? Why not the Vikings uh, winning the Super Bowl this year? Why not? And the Vikings have the pieces to win the Super Bowl. It's just the competition in front of us to get to the Super Bowl and to win it. Uh, it's stiff. That's the thing. You have you have the pieces to win. A competent quarterback. When he, when he really is sharp, he's a very good quarterback. You have multiple good receivers. Uh, Mike Wallace is capable of making a big play. Uh, Stefan Diggs, more so, is capable of making a good play. You have Jarius Wright, who can make big plays here and there. Uh, Adam Thielen, who is underutilized, but very valuable. Uh, Cordero Patterson is capable of returning a kick, but he being serious is another problem. Adam Thielen, I think, could be a replacement for him if the Vikings end up do cutting uh, Mr. Cordero Patterson, because Adam Thielen has a, a lot of quickness to his game, more so than, than he looks, and he's also a pretty solid receiver too. So let's continue from where Fran Tarkenton talked. Tanay Brown out of New Zealand saying, I'd love to see it. Will be hard to get past Atlanta, but I'm sure he means uh, Arizona, actually. I'm pretty sure he means that, Arizona. But they showed they can get they can get close to it already this year. Just need to take it week to week, though. I probably shouldn't be worrying about them before we play Seattle or Washington, LOL, or and even the Packers this week. Ha ha. Mark Carlson saying fantastic statement. Why not us? Mark out of Iowa, of course. Dave Hickey out of Iowa saying I would like to see it. I still believe we are one to two years away from a championship team mm-hmm. that will be competing for a playoff Super Bowl yearly. Uh, but the Giants from New Year's, from, from a few years ago, gives everybody hope. That makes the dance that you could win it all. You just need to make the dance. With that being said, Skull Vikings. And yeah, uh, the Vikings do have a defensive line that's pretty good, especially when Linval Joseph is healthy to complete that offensive line. But then you have Daniil Hunter, who gives so much hope. Tom Johnson's so solid. Uh, Brian Robinson's always a, always a factor. Everson Griffin's got superstar potential on that uh, defensive end as well. I really, really love Everson Griffin, and I think everybody else does. Lots of in-game thoughts back and forth. Again, I'm kind of in and out active. Why the hell did Tanae's comment get... What the hell, you know? I'm, I, it might have been like a phone bumping it or something, but it got, like, hidden, and I feel really bad. I do apologize, Tanae, and I can't even unhide it, which is the dumbest thing ever. Why, why is it... Uh, so I promise... Today, if you're wondering what happened to that comment, I did not delete it, and I don't think anybody else did either. Why would Dylan do that unless he's mad because he's a Bears fan? But he's not like that. You know, I, I, I know he isn't. Um, so there's some in and outs there. Uh, Tanae was saying, Rogers, way too much time. We're not getting to him like we were. I'm starting to worry. I was the whole time. Yep. Mark Carlson was saying, I hate CP right now, and I do too, including Christian Ponder, right? No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, nothing was going right, as Tanae said. This is the end games. I'm kind of, kind of going in at the end. I kind of jump in at the end. I should go at the beginning too. Uh, man, I went backwards. Why did I do that? So, yep. Uh, Leland saying, "Grats, division champs." Mark Carlson saying, "Goodbye, Packers. You can chant, go Pack, go all you want now." Uh, Tony Coleman saying, "Lions win in Lambo, Bears win in Lambo, Vikings win in Lambo, and yep, that was the first time since '68, by the way. Yep, and you gotta love that. And Tony m- mentioned that as well. First time since '68 swept at home in the division. '68, and the Packers were not good 
the entire 70s and most of the 80s either. They had a couple of years where they made the playoffs, I believe, in the early 80s and such, but they weren't that good of a team. Um, just like Detroit makes it and Chicago makes it here and there, but not that good. Uh, Leland saying defense, defense, my vote for the targeting award. Yep, sacks galore and... Uh, Galore and time on the field was crazy. Yep, I agree. It was so awesome. Griffin and Rose would be my picks. Or Barr. Or, yeah, the defense. And then I went up and picked Lamonderlin. But you get the idea. Uh, Gerald String saying, unfortunately, it might be Teddy for the Ponder special. Yeah, he was terrible. Uh, missed two touchdown passes and possibly the dumbest interception I've seen in a while. I'm still a big Teddy fan, but definitely not his night. And it wasn't. And if Teddy plays like that against Seattle, it's over. Season's over. Teddy play, Teddy loses that mojo, we lose the game. Season is over. So there it is. It's very important that Teddy Bridgewater is, you know, Arizona-like, if you know what I mean, in the game. He needs to play like he did against the Arizona Cardinals, in my opinion, and probably many others would agree with that comment. I'm going to try to, uh, yep, Brett McCarthy at the time was saying, can't wait, come out, we hopefully we come out guns and guns are blazing. Sebastian says, when I see a Packers fan, he flips off, flips him off in the, from, the, from the car. That's got a cool... Yep, Carl Carlson was saying it feels like the Super Bowl tonight. Josh Mayer Henry says they need to get it done tonight. I want to see lots of pressure on Rodgers. Uh, I know I saw Justin Mayer Henry in here as well somewhere. Or nope, he's in the other one. Nope, he's in the uh, the postgame one. So let's hop over there now. Oh yeah, and before I jump into the postgame thoughts, I posted a picture after the game on NFL Mobile where it still showed the Vikings in second place despite the fact they had an 11-5 and record and even the little Y next to it saying division champions. But it was showing them in second in the in the division. You know, it was showing them like behind, like below the Packers. So I circled and typed in WTF. Come on, NFL. <laughs> Got some responses there. I'll get, well, yeah, I'll do it. I'll read them now because they're quick. Justin Mayer Henry says, typical. Sebastian says, denial. And yeah, exactly. Very much so. They're not used to uh, the Packers not winning the division. It's like cemented in first place for some reason. 12 comments in the postgame thoughts. Wow, very busy. Justin Mayor Henry says, Rhodes MVP. These boys better fire it up and stop this this bullshit next game. Patterson needs to be cut. Poor ball control and laughing about it on the sidelines. Get out of Minnesota, clown. Justin Mayor Henry, star candidate. Jeff Froyland says, ah, feels so good. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says, Damn, it feels good. NFC North champs and AP gets the rushing title. Yeah, he did. We have to step it up next week. Playoffs and a Viking helmet. And then a very nice-looking picture. Very HD-looking, <laughs> like it should be, with Adrian and Teddy and all that. Saying NFC North champions, Minnesota 20, Green Bay 13. A beautiful uh, graphic done by the NFL on that one. Uh, Gerald String posts... Wow, that was a hard game to watch. Yep, just didn't know if we could hang on. Had so many chances to put this away earlier. At the end of the day, pretty typical NFC North game, and our defense did the job. And that's the thing, and that's what I kind of think is going to be like in the Seattle game. It's going to be messy. It'll be a bit more high-scoring, I think. I think the Vikings offense will play better, but there'll be a lot of mess going on. And there'll be missed tackles at times, too. It'll make us cursing our heads off. Missed tackles on Seattle. But the running game in Seattle doesn't look as good as it did at the time they came in. Um... In November there. Sebastian Balls says, We did it and posted the same picture you now see on the cover for the uh, Purple Mafia page. Now, this is the Purple Mafia Facebook page. I hope I actually said that. Uh, to type to get there, type in on the in the Facebook search bar, Purple Mafia, Purple Mafia Show, Minnesota Vikings Show, and it'll 
pop up. If there's two if there's two choices, one that's group and one's a page, click on the one that's a page or company and then click the big giant like button and there you go, you're on board. Mark Carlson out of Iowa saying, no one did it alone. This this is the team playing as a team. Well-rounded and efficient. So proud. Gamble with a fake punt early. Hell yes. Skull. Mark from Iowa. And by the way, Sebastian's kind of all over. But yeah, he was a Sebastian of New Ulm. Now he's Sebastian of Mankato. So I guess that's appropriate. You know, so he could he could be there for training camp. Just a just a stone throw away. You got it like that. Justin Maynard Henry out of Colorado says that fake punt made me so happy. Tanae Brown says, I have faith in Teddy to bounce back. Yep, if the crowd gets behind the team and the O-line can get some protection going, we have one heck of a game to watch next week. The defense has been so good this year. Only fitting that they get a, get us the W in this game. Division champs, let's move on to the rest of the NFL. Yes, sir. Uh, star candidate Tanae. Uh, it says, also Griffin, Rhodes, or Barr would be my picks as top dogs. Leland says, all... All in all, I mean, all, all I got to say, this was NFC North Classic. Back and forth, and either team could have won. I don't think either team left anything on the field. Lee from Iowa. Yes, sir. Lee from Iowa. Yep. Very true. That's the thing. Um, regardless of how poor the Packers were playing in previous weeks, or how great the Vikings whooped up on the Giants, or they played so good against Arizona, blah, 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 blah. It's a, it's a divisional game. Everything is different. And I previewed that last week endlessly, just like constantly, I kept previewing it, so hopefully the Vikings can turn the tide with Seattle, because it's been real ugly for a while, but remember 2009 when Seattle was a complete nobody, and the Vikings just rolled over them in the dome with Favre, it was just a snooze fest, I remember I was, (laughs) yeah, I remember I was working hard on cleanups around that time too, I believe I missed that game, because uh, I I listened to it on the radio, but I didn't do a show for that one, because I didn't have the, the technology wasn't around as much yet, that I could simply watch a replay, and I didn't have a DVR back then, all that, but um, I prefer to use the internet than any type of DVR or anything, I'll just leave it at that, Dave Hickey, because you can watch the whole game on the internet right there too, so I like that better, Dave Hickey says, once again, I don't know if this will make the show or not, and it did, Dave, it did, I... (laughs) Luckily, because um, I usually record on Monday mornings now because of scheduling and such. Uh, once again, I don't know if this will make the show or not. But when I'm unable to watch the game and I work until 6 a.m., so third shift, 6 a.m. Monday, Monday morning, I don't have a choice. NFC North champs, that was a good, that has a good ring to it. We're in the playoffs. Only bad thing is Seattle is the first game. Yep, that sucks. Here's the thing, though. If you're going to be a champion, you have to beat a champion. This this playoffs is going to be a huge challenge. Yep, I think we're still one to two years away from a championship, but look at the Packers several years ago, a wildcard team, and the Giants, an undefeated Patriot team. Yep, they took took out an undefeated Patriots team as another wild card, And then the Giants the next time around, they're even worse. They're only 9-7. and seven. They barely made the playoffs, and Coughlin's job was on the line. And they went and beat a very good Patriots team again. And it was so frustrating. And they and they took out a 15-1 and Packer team, by the way, to... Uh, Get get that run started. And re- remember that show where I just screamed out, The Packers lost! Because the Packers were on an unbelievable uh, high. Like when the... the kind of like... Well, no, it's not kind of... Yeah, kind of like the Golden State Warriors right now after winning a championship. They're on an unbelievable high right now where they're winning like 99 games in a row. And that's what happened to the Packers. And even the Giants in uh, 2008, after their 07 run, they finished 13-3. and And then they lost in the first round to the uh, to the Eagles. Go figure. Weirdest damn thing ever, but that's how it goes. Uh, I think 
That's it. Yep, that's it for the Facebook, for this part of the Facebook page. Let's look at the visitor post, though. I'm sure it's a bit busy. Brent posting the NFC North Division champions. And Brent posting another, yep, new ownership. Under new ownership, you have the NFC North Vikings, Skull Vikings. Let's see if I can go back down a bit. There's a few here. Friday, Thursday, holy moly, man. <laughs> oh, boy, December 28th. Nope. Da, 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 da. Uh, okay, we will continue from, appara- uh, yeah, Brent saying apparently the Vikings are the first team to make the playoffs at a temporary home stadium ever, so that's kind of cool. Uh, then he's, uh, Sebastian saying bye-bye, Chip Kelly, have fun in the NCAA, and that's pretty much where he belongs, and I don't know why I didn't click like. Brent Jacobson saying, in the land of green and gold, you know the story, the fans are always hammered, their lives are so boring. And when the team falls, lock down the single wide, can't take calls. Got a mouthful of paint chips. <laughs> Roll the highlights. And man, it was brutal. No use blaming anybody. Game was game was hideous. Pass around the Beano and floating and feeling bloated and stink. <laughs> Kitchen came with the bathroom. Just used the left sink. <laughs> Packer fan crying to herself. Just trying to be calm. Dropped the last hot dog in the dirt. Don't pretend like you're going to eat. You just brush the fleas up for your collar, grab the mustard and some cheese. So have, so save your day, buy some booze at the Mart. Hang out at Shopco Racing in the Shopping Carts. Blow, pack, blow. That's it, son. Perdoris. Son, Perdoris. Uh, huh? Oh, that's funny. Lots of, wow, that's a lot of poems there. Yeah, you guys should check those out. They're funny. <laughs> those are kind of some funny poems back and forth. Making fun of the Packers in general via, oh, the Nordo, okay, Nordo from uh, KFAN, okay, I see, posted that from, uh, he posted it off of uh, Nordo's over there, Uh, Sebastian saying, just a young man's opinion, so all week we've been feeling out the fan base, to much of my surprise, a lot of us want to lose to Green Bay, let me say that again, they want us to lose to Green Bay, our biggest rival, and a chance for an NFC North crown. I agree with you, Sebastian, that it's wrong. Uh, he says, here's my take. I would love, 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 love to beat the Cheeseheads. And second of all, come here, Seattle. I want a rematch. I used to live in Seattle. Beautiful area. You're still a bunch of bandwagon fans. Yep, yeah, and they are. They are. Uh, I lived in their Super Bowl run as a football fan. It's hard to watch a fan base get started that way. Yeah, it's bullcrap. Uh, through that, I went from... Uh, a respect for the Seattle Seahawks with Hasselbeck to a hatred for Pete Carroll and Richard Sherman. Yeah! Yes, I'm on board with you. Uh, in in December, the Vikings faced off against Seattle, and I have never been crushed. I've been so crushed while at a game. I was devastated, to say the least. So, long story short, bleep Green Bay, bleep Seattle, Skull Vikings. Yep, all the way. Agree with you there. Hoping for the best. Uh, Brent Jacobson says, raise his hand. Yep, raise your hand if you think the Vikings will win the division. And yeah, it's funny how it's Aaron Rodgers raising his hand. Yep. Eee! Oh, boy. Mark Carlson posting a picture of his father, Larry Carlson, in the hospital there. Saying um, it's Sanford Hospital. Uh, it says, hello, Purple Mafia and Viking fans everywhere. This is Mark from Iowa. I have a special request today. My father, Larry Carlson, who I have watched many Viking games with, including the great one, Tarkington, is in the hospital tonight. He would like nothing better than a Vikings victory today. With that said, I would like to invite you all to wish him better with a comment below. Thank and go Vikes. Thanks and go Vikes with Larry Carlson at Sanford Hospital. And I was saying God bless you, Larry, 
and um, yep, get well, get well, and God bless, and definitely hoping for the best there, and praying for the best, and I do believe indeed things will be all right very soon for Larry. Uh, this is really messed up, and yeah, thank you for posting this, Tony. <laughs> Ragnar was posting a cheese. Well, was wearing a cheese head. What a d bag! There's another uh, Christian Pond memorial right there. What a d. What a d bag, Ragnar. Uh, Tony Coles of Coleman saying it pains me to share with you, Joey and Pro Mafia, but it must be known that unemployment has made Ragnar senile. Sympathies and condolences to him and his family. <laughs> and a great way to wrap up the <laughs> Facebook page, Tony. That, oh man, I love it. Oh, so many star candidates, I can't count, so it's going to be hard, but we'll get it done. Uh, off to the Twitter count, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Tracy was typing in, uh, go Vikings, check out the latest Viking update via, and she was uh, retweeting my show, so thank you very much, Tracy. Tanae Brown, also retweeting episode 207, thank you very, very, very much. Zach Binder followed, <laughs> okay, thank you much, hopefully he's a listener. A uh, couple of likes in there, here and there. I do believe, up oh, there we go. Look at some follows here. Better follow back a couple people there. Okay, sorry. Andre from here, not the Christian Academy. Yep, thank you very much. <laughs> Friend from the good old days and uh, off and on. Uh, yep, he listens to the show. He says, Seahawks all the way. Oh, I, I, I hate it, Andre. I hate it. I hate it. And the, yeah, I hate it. And I believe this was before the Viking game. And, and it had to have been because it's only 11 a.m. Uh, he says, Mad Martin out of Scotland saying, watching the sea chickens starting to think we should let the slackers win tonight. Uh-oh. How are you feeling about tonight's game? I, yeah, he says, love that fake punt. That's what you call making a statement. Yep, and that's very true. I apologize for not responding all this time, man. I really do. Uh, but, of course, these get read on the air. Uh, he says, need to start punching in these drives, and that's for sure. Anthony Batista and, uh, yep, good old Anthony from L.A. responding. As I typed in, after Cordero, Cordero, you bleeping jerk, hashtag Vikings, Anthony Batista, Anthony from L.A., says, and he's laughing on the sideline, F him, cut his ass. Yeah, I agree completely. I said I agree 1,000%. I hope he never plays on his team again. And Malcolm, out of Cal- also out of California, saying at least he was all smiles on the sideline after that. Yep, and thumbs down. I agree so much. Yep. I am, oof, I hate Cordell. I got a lot of responses from that one. Or not responses, but like retweets and such. A lot of people, well, I got at least five retweets or so. Not bad. That's not a ton. D. Fry out of Chicago. Thank you very much, buddy. Says congrats. And yep, and yeah, and I do think the Bears will get better. I notice how much more I like Bears fans than Packer fans. I mean, there's no comparison, by the way. Anthony Carlson. Yep, you got three generations of, of Carlson's. I listen to Pro Mavia Show. It's the greatest ever. Larry, uh, Mark, and Anthony. Very cool. He's, he's over there in the East Coast at this time, I believe, still over in Pennsylvania. Anthony saying, uh, with the military, saying, it was a nail-biter. Suck at Green Bay. Your cheese has expired. Yep, and the Vikings defense threw you out. Amen. Hallelujah, Anthony. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Jeff Message saying, wouldn't have been... Wouldn't it have been preferable to play Washington next week instead of Seattle? Yes and no. Um, The Vikings' history against Washington is really bad. Um, Really bad. Doesn't mean it would continue. But at the same time, it doesn't also mean that Seattle's uh, recent success against Minnesota will continue either. Uh, It's like yes and no. Seattle is a Super Bowl contending team. Washington is not. But... There's something funny about Washington and going on the road and all that. I'll, I'll take my chances at home and hope for the best. And it's kind of like 
you know, there'd be nothing sweeter than to be the team to end Seattle's, like, you know, NFC Championship run. Because they've at least got two straight NFC Championships and one Super Bowl title so far. I'd like to see it end, and I would love to see the Vikings do it. I hate that team so much. So it's like, it might as well be the team to do it, I suppose, and hope for the best. Anthony's saying, it's worth it to beat Green, just to beat Green Bay. That's the Super Bowl for me. Now, shame on you, Anthony. You're, you're killing your chances to get, a, to get a scar with that comment. No, no. I love beating Green Bay. It means a lot. Winning the NFC North is just so special. I hate that team so much. But there is nothing to me sweeter than winning a real Super Bowl, man. I mean, there, and, you know, I, my hunger for it is unbelievable and thirst. Like, my hand is stretching in the air. Like, I'm just starving to win a Super Bowl so much, like so many other Viking fans. I have been chasing, I mean, I have tasted the glory of two World Series championships, 87-91, and I have been chasing it ever since. It's been 24 years that I've been chasing that that feeling. It's it's a long, It's been a long, long wait. So winning the division championship does not quite match <laughs> that feeling yet, even though it is a wonderful feeling. I, I, I won't deny that at all. It's a wonderful feeling. Um, let's keep moving. Malcolm with a couple kind of, wow, there's a bit more here. Malcolm's saying, oh yeah, at least he's all smiles. And uh, he already read that one. Uh, now Malcolm's saying to both of us, me and Dave uh, Martin, saying we got to switch it up against Wilson. Can't let him roll out. That's the thing. Bring the delayed blitz or spy him. Mad Martin's saying, let's enjoy the victory today and start thinking about the sea chickens tomorrow. But I, I'm with I'm with you on all of that. Uh, Mad saying, uh, enjoy the victory if the Rams can beat them. Yeah, if the Rams can beat them, we can find a way. Uh, Eleven and five is a fantastic season so far. Hope for more. Malcolm Singh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I'm not worried about who we play or where. Winning the North was huge. Dave Singh, it's a young team. I was not sure we could win the North this year. Another good draft, and anything is possible. And that's the thing. Yes, very much so. Uh, anything really is possible. This could be a lot of fun. Ultimately, with how things go with the continued development of this football team. Absolutely. So, wow, great comments, you guys. You can deserve a big hand. You all get a gold star, damn it. No. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be really hard. <sighs> Boy, it's going to be hard. God, it's so tough. Um, gold star for this show? I'm going to give it... To, oh, my God. Ooh, it's so hard. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to give two bronze stars to Leland and Brent. I'm going to kind of go up this time. Two stars, two gold stars to Leland and Brent. Uh, Silver star is going to go to... Oh, Jesus. (laughs) It's so hard. Uh, It's going to go to... mm, Man. Silver star is going to go to Tanay out of New Zealand. Gold star... Oh, man. Uh, Do I have to do it this way? You know, this is a great conversation back and forth between you guys. So I'm going to give you both a gold star. You know, I'm, I'm kind of overly generous right now. But hey, you know what? You deserve it. Malcolm and Dave Martin both are going to get gold stars for this episode. So there you go. Gold stars for both of them. Love the conversation on Twitter there, back and forth. Good statements for both of you. Really, you know, it's great to enjoy it. And at the same time, uh, yeah, really got to watch with uh, Russell Wilson rolling out and such. But just a good conversation back and forth with those guys. Really appreciate it. Um, Thank you so much for all of your comments, though, everybody. I really appreciate you very much. So, hoping for the best in this one. We all know I talked about it way too long in segment number two. That's why this show's dragging a bit, but not surprising, because it's such an emotional situation right now. 
and for all of us. That's why there are so many comments. And guys, please tell your friends about this show. Hop on board the Purple Mafia bandwagon. You know, keep 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 a hop, hop on board this show and and stay with it. Don't don't be bandwagon once you're on. Stay with this show. Stay with the team. All that. Please give Purple Mafia a positive rating on iTunes if you could. It'd be greatly appreciated. It'll give you a happy shout out and a star on the show. Just want to thank you very much for your inclusion, all you guys, your loyalty, your kind words, and the emotion and the inclusion you bring to this show is just unmatched. I want to thank you all so very much from the bottom of my heart. And it's it's great to be back on Purple Mafia into 2016 and, well, maybe all the way into to the to 2020s. We'll see how long this show continues. Hopefully, hopefully as long as possible, <laughs> as long as I'm allowed to do it, right? So thank you all so much, again, for your, in- for your inclusion, your loyalty. And please do tell a friend or two about the show if you could. Thank you again. God bless. And please beat Seattle.